On this episode of Rev Hang, Ben and I talk about the MotoGP San Marino Grand Prix, the IndyCar Grand Prix of Portland, and the Formula One Dutch Grand Prix. Let's do it. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Rev Hang. I'm your host, Nathan Nebu, and alongside me today is my fellow automobile operator and co-host, Ben Bagley. How's it going, Ben? Going pretty good. I tried CrossFit for the first time this morning, and I almost died. Oh, that's exciting. Yeah, you know, it was the most. It was one of the most exciting parts of my weekend. Yeah, one of <laughs> one of many from <laughs> what I've from what I've heard. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I can't imagine trying CrossFit. Uh, I did, however, take your advice from last episode, and I did go on a run this week. So, oh, how's that? I almost died, just just like you. So <laughs> it wasn't awesome. that long, but you know, haven't run in several years, and I ran a mile, so I, I still got it, I nice. guess. The first step is just getting started. Yeah, I think I'm gonna try. Like, I just got a gym membership at the one locally downtown here, uh, so I'll probably hit the bikes because that's a lot easier on your joints when you're first starting out. Yeah, no kidding. Um, but anyway. Uh, this is not an exercise podcast. This is a racing podcast. So let's jump right in. We've got a couple races to talk about today. Um, we have one in MotoGP, one in IndyCar, and the Formula One race, as always. Uh, so we'll start with MotoGP and the San Marino Grand Prix. Uh, San Marino, um, just like just like an F1, the San Marino Grand Prix does not actually take place in San Marino. It's uh, just outside. <laughs> um it was at the Misano circuit in Italy. Uh, we'll go over the top 10 in qualifying. Uh, so you have some context. In first place was Jack Miller, followed by Francesco Bagnaia, Enea Bastianini, Maverick Vinales, Johan Zarco, Luca Marini, Fabio Corderaro, Alessa Spargaro, Miguel Oliveira, and Franco Morbidelli in 10th. So... When the race started, Miller had a great jump on the start and actually pulled a pretty sizable gap. And of course, in MotoGP, sizable is like half a second um, <laughs> to to the riders behind. Um, uh, on lap one, three bikes crashed out into turn one. Uh, it was Zarco, Piro, and Paul Espargaro. Um, that ended all three races. And I think Piro actually needed to go get looked at in the medical tent. I didn't follow up on that, but I'm sure I would have heard if it was serious. Um, but uh, the other two were definitely fine. <laughs> so that's good. Uh, on lap two, the leader at the time, Jack Miller, washed out and fell to the back of the field when he uh, picked his bike back up and got it going again. So uh, did, a, did a Zarco from last time. <laughs> Not what you want. Um, Bedzeki also crashed out on lap two, uh, and then that promoted Benyaya to the front where he stayed for the rest of the race. Um, but it wasn't like he was all out by himself. He did have four other riders right behind him for most of it. Uh, it was just four laps to go. Benyaya and Bastianini, uh, slowly pulled away from the pack and ended up battling each other until the end of the race. On the last lap, Bastianini locked up into a heavy braking zone and almost took Benyaya out. But luckily, it was a, just a near miss, um, and they bo were both able to keep going. And then the rest of the lap, they were going back and forth, and um, the difference at the line ended up being like three hundredths of a second. So, very, That's very a, close finish. 
That's a way closer result than we're used to seeing in these races. For sure. Yeah. It's, it was a uh, last last lap was uh, my heart was going. <laughs> it was intense. Um, but uh, yeah, so the results of the race um, in first place was Francesco Bagnaia, uh, followed by Enea Bastianini and Maverick Vinales running out the podium. In fourth and fifth were Luca Marini and Fabio Cordararo. Six through ten were Alace Espargaro, Alex Rins, Brad Bender, Jorge Martin, and Alex Marquez. Eleven through fifteen was Miguel Oliveira, Andrea Davizioso, Raul Fernandez, Stefan Bradel, and Taka Nakagami. Sixteen through twenty was Darren Bender, Marco Bedzecchi, Jack Miller, Remy Gardner, Fabio and Fabio Di Gian Antonio. And in 21st was Kazuki Watanabe, and he was the last finisher. Uh, and then we had four DNFs this race, and they were Franco Morbidelli, Johan Zarco, Michelle Pirro, and Paul Espargaro. All right, so that is our quick little summary of the San Marino Grand Prix. Let's move on to IndyCar. And yes. I believe you were you went to this race, right, Ben? I was. I was seated right at the chicane. Uh, right near all the Pato Award fans. Oh, that must have been exciting. Oh, they were so excited. I almost <laughs> became a Pato fan just being near them. Yeah, I bet. Well, I'm already a Pato fan, so <laughs> that would have oh, been great yeah. for me. I would have been right at home. Um, but yeah, so this was the Grand Prix of Portland in Portland, Oregon. Um, we'll go over the top ten and qual. Do you want to go over the top ten in qualifying, Ben? I would. I would love to. I I got the. I can do this entire section if you want me to. Go for it. Oh boy. Okay. Yeah. So uh, for qualifying, we had Scott McLaughlin in first uh, place. That spoiler, he would stay for the entirety of the weekend. Followed by Will Power, Christian Lungard, Alex Pillow, and Pato Ward in fifth for qualifying. Followed by Felix Rosenquist. Colton Herta, Joseph Newgarden, Alexander Rossi, and David Malukas starting 10th. Uh, then we had Graham Rahal, Renus VK, Cal Kirkwood, Callum Eilat, and Ramon Grosjean in 15th. Followed by Scott Dixon, Jack Carvey, Marcus Erickson, Simon Pagino, and Connor Daly in 20th. And then the last five, we have Helio Castroneves, Takuma Sato, Jimmy Johnson, Devlin DeFrancesco, and Dalton Kellett. Uh... Yeah, I. It's really weird seeing the race in person, uh, especially at the chicane. It's probably the most you'll see of a lot of the grandstand areas because you can kind of see down the uh, front straight. You have the chicane where they have to slow down, and then you see a little bit of the straight after that, and a little bit of the corner if you stand up. But uh, hmm. it's theoretically one of the best places for overtaking, but we didn't really see a whole lot of overtakes happen at the chicane this time. Yeah, it was uh, not the most eventful race. Um, I don't know how... I mean, I'm sure it was just a thrill to be there. I, I'm super jealous that you got to go. Um, yeah. The USF 2000 race was so much more carnage than that, the, uh, the chicane. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Uh, the first lap, I'm pretty sure it was like five cars out. They all just locked up immediately once they got to the first entry to the chicane. Oh, wow. Hilarious. <laughs> I'll, have to, I'll have to check out the replay on that. Um, yeah. But yeah, I just watched the uh, the IndyCar race, and uh, it wasn't too exciting. It was... Uh, um, the beginning was actually 
pretty pretty impressive because nobody crashed, which really doesn't yeah, happen. No, that, that everybody often. in the grandstands was so disappointed. Uh, yeah, the Pato fans actually, uh, they were pretty happy that he made it through. Yeah, because I think did Pato get taken out there last year? I think so. Can't remember off the top of my head. I don't remember, but yeah, 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 pretty clean racing. Um, yeah, but the McLaughlin beginning. was just so far; it was absurd. Uh, it made the lap seem or the track it seem so much smaller because you'd just see him just so soon after he went by, and there'd be yeah. no one behind him. He would be through the chicane before uh, Will Power was even close. Yeah, and, uh, no, he had a huge gap for sure. Like he just, yeah. it was like a Sunday drive. He just drove off into the distance. Uh, but it is a very short lap. Um, yeah, it was like and the fi- top three all seconds. had. Yeah, it. Yeah, it was sub minute easily, but uh, the top three all had pretty good races until pits started happening, uh, and then that's where you saw a lot of the strategy take place because there wasn't really that much overtaking otherwise unless there was like a pit scenario or something like that yeah there was a lot of some other extenuating circumstance yeah definitely lots of strategy involved in the race um but not a lot of cautions which uh i don't know i mean i guess it makes it a little more predictable but uh no one ran on wins no we had to well i'm pretty sure some a bunch of people ran on reds. Well, it might yeah, they did. They did. My, uh... No, I mean, um, well, I was uh, no one ran on reds in practice is what I was. Oh, I think right. trying yeah. to say. <laughs> so yes. they were saving yeah. all their reds for the race, and then the reds didn't end up being all that much better than the blacks, like they thought. Yeah, yeah, it so. seemed pretty even, no matter what tire people were uh, thrown on the cars. Yeah, it was definitely a weird, weird race in terms of strategy. Um, and then there was only the one the one caution when Rena's VK just absolutely demolished oh. Jimmy Johnson. People were so mad. We were all steaming. Oh, I bet. <laughs> <laughs> like uh, I know here you're saying you were telling me last last week you wanted to see Jimmy Johnson and it's gonna be fight on site. I wanted to get a get a good swing in, but I'm sure he got plenty of swings in himself with uh Mr. VK. <laughs> yeah, no, we actually ended up getting a, a Jimmy Johnson hat. Uh, oh, nice. And we really wanted to find him to get him beside it, but he was doing book signings, and the line was just so long. Oh, wow. Uh, so we yeah, got bet. elephant ears instead. There you go. That's a, that's a we, good trade-off right there. We almost said hi to Helio Castroneves, but I think he heard us talking behind him, and he immediately uh, pulled out his phone and started talking on it. So uh, <laughs> we, we lost that opportunity. Uh, that's too bad. I saw that post on your uh, on your Instagram, I think. <laughs> yeah. Just yeah, like he, casually he walking. Looks... <laughs> yeah, What's up? It, was, it was kind of funny. And then uh, there's a pit crew suit. A blue and orange pit crew suit. Just kind of like hanging out on a hanger by one of the semi-trucks. And I was so close to just snagging it. <laughs> I didn't need to be. <laughs> didn't need to have a warrant out for my arrest. <laughs> yeah. Um... Yeah, IndyCar is so cool, because you don't get that kind of access in Formula 1. Like, fans, unless you pay an arm and a leg, and even then, like... Yeah. No, for the, the price, for less than $200, walking through the paddocks for three days uh, and getting some of the best seats at the race was uh, it was an awesome deal, honestly. 
Yeah, I mean, for real. Like, how often can you say, hey, I was walking within 10 feet of a four-time Indy 500 winner. <laughs> no big deal. Yeah, no big deal. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. So if, if you can go see an IndyCar race, I'd highly recommend it. It's much more affordable and attainable than an F1 race, especially in the U.S. Well, mostly in the U.S. Yeah. Uh, and it's, it's just a, such a different culture. It's really cool. But in terms of the actual racing, if we want to get back to that, uh, it was, yeah, not super exciting. There were lockups every so often. Uh, Roman Grosjean just couldn't seem to figure out his brakes going into the chicane. Yeah, he had he had a rough race. He was struggling yeah. the entire time. <laughs> yeah, Colton Herta uh, was able to lock up and then make a pass going into the chicane, which is crazy to watch. Yep. That's one that really stuck in my mind. Did Pato... I know, because there was on the restart, Pato ended up making contact with Will Power uh, into the chicane. Maybe. I don't remember if he locked up, but they definitely at least uh, hit each other because Pato had damage for the rest of the race. Yeah. Um, so did you watch the replay? Like, I don't know how much of the race you actually like saw in terms of the stuff that didn't happen at the chicane. If it, if it didn't happen at the chicane, I did not see it. Gotcha. Okay, so... Um, Let's see what I mean. Pretty much everything happened at the chicane. To be fair, <laughs> uh, that's just how Portland goes. Um, one thing: Connor Daly had a DNF. Uh, his car just caught on fire when he left what? his pit box. Yeah, so like the uh, excess fuel on the outside of the car like ignited, and um, like it was burning him, and like he burned his shoulder. I think. Oh my gosh. So. Um, yeah, that was kind of unfortunate for him. Yeah. Uh, kind of a scary moment. I have been on a car that was on. I have been in a car while it was on fire before. It's not a fun experience. Uh, sure, it's not now. Yeah. So. <laughs> um, yeah. He was okay though. I mean, they got the fire put out pretty quick, and but that ended his race because it burned the clutch up. Yeah. But uh, who was it? He went just through the chicane and was carrying one of the uh ntt indycar posters on his nose for like a lap oh that was christian lingard that was lingard yeah yeah he was having an awesome race in third uh until that happened yeah he was was, yeah he had a great great race and then he just got a little too ambitious and um he so yeah so what you saw is he hit the board right he goes around for a whole lap Dives into the pits because he's still carrying the board on his nose. Yeah. Uh, so he goes into the pits. They take the board off and they service his car. And then he stalls <laughs> when he tries to exit. No. <laughs> yeah, so he stalled in the pit box. And so that, that pretty much ended any chance he had. Because, uh, yeah, he was stationary for another probably 20, 25 seconds. Um, so that was, his, that was his race. He was having such a good race. And he's had such a good season, too um yeah but unfortunately just uh one little slip up can do do something like that (laughs) yeah um but uh speaking of christian lungard uh we have our overtake of the week happened at the indycar race Uh, i gave it to joseph newgarden overtaking christian lungard um he had a fantastic little switch he was he was going around he was showing lungard that he was going to go around the outside into turn one so lungard defended the inside but wasn't super committed to the inside so right before the breaking zone new garden actually cut across behind him and switched to the inside 
um, uh, braked a little later and uh, was able to make the overtake stick. Uh, it was a pretty impressive move. It all happened pretty quickly. <laughs> yeah, too bad Joseph didn't really have that great a race for the rest of the time. I honestly expected to see him move up a bit more, but uh, he was pretty static throughout the entire race. Yeah, he kind of just stayed in the, you know, kind of middle of the pack the whole time. Uh, yeah. Like, kind of a little little closer to the front, but front middle of the pack for sure. Um, yeah, so, yeah, we talked about Rena's VK. After that, cut across Jimmy Johnson, sent him into the wall. and yeah, uh, We went looking for Rena's VK after that, but we couldn't find him. Ah. Uh, <laughs> unfortunate. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, so that brought out... Irons. Yeah. <laughs> Just go jump the guy. Going um, for you, punk. <laughs> uh, but um, that accident brought out the only caution of the race. And uh, he was given a drive-through penalty for that for the offense. Um, then uh, we talked about on the restart, power and award came together. Uh, they were both able to continue though. Um, yeah. One thing is award covered off uh, when a, when Scott Dixon was coming to overtake him after he messed up into the chicane. Uh, Pato <laughs> Pato definitely blocked him. Like Dixon made a move to get around him, and you're not supposed to. Uh, react to the driver behind you moving yeah. uh, to pass, and Pato 100% did, and he uh, he was forced to let Dixon pass and got some penalty. Oh, that's why okay. penalty points. Yeah, yeah. So okay. I can imagine <laughs> seeing because I think he I think Pato let him by like into the chicane on the next lap. Um, yeah, I was wondering. It's it, like that was way too easy. <laughs> way too easy. Yeah. So that's why uh, Award had okay. a penalty for blocking. Um. But then, yeah, McLaughlin just in a league of his own went on to comfortably win the race. Yeah, yeah, I gotta say the most exciting racing probably happens between uh, Colton Herta, Rossi, uh, Ilot, and that kind of middle pack. Uh, mm-hmm. Those four were actually really close together for a lot of the race. That was kind of fun to watch. Yeah, uh, and then towards the very back, Dalton Kellett and Jimmy Johnson just scrapping it out. <laughs> you know it's interesting like you get it's it's really fascinating when like you go to a race and you see how the race unfolds at the track and you let me i think it's like more entertaining because you see the whole field every lap whereas i didn't see that whole battle between herda and rossi and newgarden and all them or or the battle between johnson and uh kellett so i mean because we were just like basically watching willpower chase uh, Scott McLaughlin the whole time was pretty much the entirety yeah. of the camera work. Yeah, um, just waiting for Scott McLaughlin to lap them, apparently. Exactly. <laughs> so, I don't know. I love going to races because you do get to see, even in the midfield, it can get really exciting, but sometimes on TV they don't show that stuff, which kind of stinks. Yeah. yeah, plus drinking whiskey and Coke in a, in a crowd is so much more fun than drinking whiskey and Coke alone in your house on the couch. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, I can see that. Both are both are very enjoyable, though. Let's be real. Uh, <laughs> um, so, do you want to go over the results of the race, Ben? Yes. Guess who won? It was Scott McLaughlin by no. miles. He could have he could have started from the last track and gotten here in time to win the race. He drove uh, all the way from all... St. Louis. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, after that, we had Will Power. Uh, Scott Dixon rounded out the podium. Uh, after that, we had Pato Award. Sorry, Pato fans, no podium today or yesterday. 
uh, followed by Graham Rahal, who actually had a pretty good race, too. Mm -hmm. uh, I was actually able to move up pretty well. Uh, followed by Colton Herta, Alexander Rossi, Joseph Newgarten, Callum Eilat, and then Felix Rosenquist in 10th place. Uh, in 11th, we have Erickson, and then below Kirkwood, Lucas, and Jack Harvey in 15th. Uh, and then for the bottom, we have Dave Francesco, Castro Neves, Sano, Grosjean, VK in 20th, Lungard, Kellett, and Pagina rounding out the finishers in 23rd. Uh, then we had Jimmy Johnson, who was tragically taken out by Renus VK and Chicane, and Connor Daly, who apparently caught fire. Yep. Yeah. Um, one thing to note as uh, the. We are going into our last IndyCar race of the season next week um, at Laguna Seca, which is such a fantastic track. So much fun. Um, I love watching races, races there. Um, but uh, so the championship is winding down, and uh, Pato Award had to win that race, or he would have been out of championship contention, and unfortunately, he did not win the race. <laughs> so yes. he's no longer in the championship picture. Um, it is very much looking like it's going to be either willpower or I think Scott Dixon actually moved up into second in the championship. Let me look real quick. Uh, should have had this pulled up, but it's all right. Uh, oh, that's right. They haven't updated it yet. Um, it might be, um, I keep checking this website, but they, they are not updating their IndyCar standings. Uh, so I think... I think Scott Dixon is in second, or at least very close to second. Um, so it's it's looking like it's going to be a shootout in the last race between Will Power, Joseph Newgarden, and Scott Dixon. I think Marcus Erickson is technically still in it, and I think McLaughlin is too. Um, but they are very, very far back, and basically they have to win and have all the other contenders DNF to win the championship. And essentially... Will Power would have to make a very uncharacteristic mistake at Laguna Seca to lose the championship right now, I think. Basically, yeah. I mean, he's he's got a, a comfortable enough lead to where if he finishes top five, he probably has a good shot at winning it all. Yeah, I think he's um, something like 30 points ahead Yeah. after this race. Something like that. Um, yeah, so. But we'll talk about that more next week because uh, the championship will be over by then. <laughs> yes. Um, cool. So, before we get into Formula One, we do have a our wonderful Zoomer Rumor segment. Uh, oh. Please, guys, please hit us up on Twitter. Tell us tell us something that's, that's not Zoomer Rumors, and it'll probably get implemented, honestly. <laughs> uh we hate the name probably more than you do at this point so um i get i mean we're just gonna keep it as it is until until someone changes it though so please hit us up at uh rev hang media uh or use hashtag rev hang podcast and uh get us to change the name we're begging you <laughs> please have a steam account message me there yeah anywhere instagram anything so we have some actual rumors this time. Um, first one being Gasly to Alpine. Um, basically what we're hearing is uh, that AlphaTauri will release Gasly to Alpine as long as Colton Herta is granted a super license by the FIA. 
um, which essentially means, and we're supposedly all through the grapevine and on unofficial sources, um, we're supposed to hear if Colton Hurd is granted a super license by Sunday Monza, at Monza. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So if he gets the super license, um, Gasly to Alpine, Herda to Alpha Tori, which is just wild to me. Uh, yeah. And then what does that what does that leave? That leaves an open spot at. Racing. I think the only open spot left currently would be Williams. Well, even then, it's not really. So Williams and Haas have two op- like have the only open spots left. Um. So, I mean, there's there the door is starting to close for people like Daniel Ricardo. Uh. Yeah. I mean, House House has a lot of options, honestly, in terms of where they could go. They could grab Ricardo. They could stick with Schumacher. And then I think actually Antonio Giovinazzi has a I think like free practice one test with him in Monza this week. So he's he's evidently is, on their radar. It is important to note that Ferrari no ha- no longer has an option over the Haas second seat. Right. Uh, I think isn't that right? Yeah. So I think so. Giovinazzi is not as shoe in as he maybe once was. I think with that Ferrari connection. Yeah, I don't know. Um. I don't know where their connection between Ferrari and Haas lies at the moment. Um, I know Schumacher did just cut off and break break his ties with Ferrari this yeah. week. So uh, I don't know if that says anything, if he's like leaving Haas or something and he knows it or I don't know. But um, yeah, so Schumacher is no longer Ferrari affiliated. <laughs> Maybe it's Herda to AlphaTauri Schumacher. Colton Herta seat, yellow and black car. <laughs> Schumacher to IndyCar. Yeah. There you go. Yes, that'd be I wild. Know. Um, that'd be yeah, that'd be insane. Uh, it'd be so much fun. That'd be yeah, that'd be awesome though. Um, the other team that has an open spot at the moment is Williams. Um, they've got quite a few options too. They have also Daniel Ricciardo, um, as an option, and then Nicholas Latifi, which. I mean, they said, they told him, or at least news sources are reporting that they told him that if he puts up consistent drives uh, for the second half of the season, he'll have a shot at the seat, but I just don't see that happening. Hold on, let's qualify that. Latifi has been one of the most consistent drivers this season. You're not wrong. (laughs) That doesn't mean he's been good. Yes. Um, I think they're probably wanting him to be, I'd say... If he can be to consistently top, like, 13 or 14, that's probably where they want him. But even still, like, how do you look at Nicholas Latifi and Daniel Ricciardo and choose Latifi? Like, I understand Ricciardo's been struggling, but I don't think that's entirely to do with him as much as it is the McLaren and the driving style that that requires. Um I think Ricardo is still a very incredibly talented driver. He just it just hasn't worked out with McLaren for whatever reason. Yeah, um, yeah. I wonder if it's still like a budget thing that they haven't announced Latifi as being out yet. Because uh, he is a, a pay driver. I wonder how much funding they actually get from him being on the team. Yeah, but do you think with Williams being so closely affiliated with? with mercedes 
Like, if they needed, if money was a problem, I feel like Mercedes would shell out the money to put DeVries in the car. Entirely uh, possible, yeah. But, I don't know. There's a lot of possibilities. And then uh, another driver that's kind of a possibility for Williams is Logan Sargent in F2. Um, that's he. He's the kind of the main Williams Academy driver in F2 right now. Um, but uh, past that, I, I, I don't I don't see it being anyone else, but every time I've said that this season, we've had some shock, silly season announcement. So who knows? Maybe Jamie Chad, being... yeah, <laughs> Jamie Chadwick. And nobody. Yeah, there, Williams runs with one car next year. That's what it is. Yes. Um, but yeah, so that's that's kind of the rumors we've got floating around right now um, as of this week in the Formula One world. Um, but let's move on to the Formula One Dutch Grand Prix. This took place in Zandvoort in the Netherlands. Um, Max Verstappen's home race, notably. Um, very orange there. Lots of orange people in the crowd. Uh, well, I guess people wearing orange clothing is what I kind of meant by that. Close enough. <laughs> it's been a long day. It's okay. Um, <laughs> but so, the qualifying order, top ten. Um, was Max Verstappen, Charles Leclerc, Carlos Sainz, Lewis Hamilton, Perez in fifth, followed by Russell, Norris, Schumacher, Tsunoda, and Stroll, rounding off the top ten. Really good qualifying from Mick Schumacher again. He's uh, had a string of pretty good qualifying performances. Um, and then Lance Stroll also has been doing better in qualifying and has outqualified Vettel for the last few races, I think. Um... So, good job to those two. And then, oh, also Yuki Sonoda qualified in ninth in the AlphaTauri, which is not that competitive this year. Yes, and Albon was actually showing a, a pretty strong uh, qualifying until he got a, a flare chucked in front of him. Yeah, uh, somebody <laughs> somebody decided it was a good idea to throw a flare onto the track during qualifying. Um, Grenade out. Yeah, they got... They got uh, all the fans around them started pouring beer on them and basically tackling them. It like from what I heard, it was essentially like the the dude regretted it instantly. <laughs> um, but yeah, then security picked him up and threw him out, and uh, I assume he was probably banned for 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 I guess life probably. <laughs> banned from know. the Netherlands. You can never be yeah, banned from the. I don't know what you have to do to get banned from the <laughs> Netherlands. That seems like the most accepting country like in the world. <laughs> but uh, yeah, don't throw flares on the track, people. Just a uh, public service announcement there. Not not a good thing to do. It's very dangerous. It's just you stupid. Has to go honestly. live in Bosnia. I mean, if you want to go to Bosnia, sure, I mean, I'm place. sure it's a beautiful place. <laughs> I've never been there. But uh, you don't want to get forced out of it because, uh, or forced out of the Netherlands because you decided to throw a flare onto a racetrack. That's kind of a story you don't want to retell. <laughs> um, yes. Anyway, moving on. Anyways. <laughs> it's uh, super late at night for us, by the way, for everybody listening, or at least for me. So we're kind of tangenting yeah. a lot. Um, I've still got so much energy. Well, yeah, but I guess you work at night normally, so. Yeah, I practically uh, work graveyard at this point. Yeah, but anyway, um, onto the race. Hamilton and Sainz made contact into turn one, 
Um, it was just really light contact, and both drivers were able to continue. Uh, Sainz did have a little bit of floor damage, though. Um, on lap two, Kevin Magnussen took a trip through the gravel trap and hit the wall. Um, but again, it was just a light hit, and his car was also able to continue, and I don't think he even had any Impressive damage. save. Yeah, I, I don't know how he saved that car. That was incredible. Um, so Sainz and Perez boxed on lap 15. Sainz had a horrific pit stop because the Ferrari pit crew decided that uh, they only wanted to bring three wheels out to the pit box. Um, Off savings hitting hard. Right. Uh... <laughs> So, I think um, Sainz was a little upset, so he told him he wanted all four, and so they had to run back into the garage and grab the other tire, and, you know, all that good Ferrari Ferrari stuff that happens. Um, all you hear over the radio is Sainz just, oh my god. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, they, they forgot the rear left wheel, and so when the mechanic ran back into the garage to grab the wheel, he, like, chucked the wheel gun to the side basically into the middle of the pit lane. Uh, and so Perez, who was boxing behind signs, literally had nowhere to go when he left his pit box. So he ran over the wheel gun and um, luckily was like his car was undamaged, but it was like, what are Ferrari doing? <laughs> I'm sure they're probably going to get a fine for that. Snap-on warranty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Gotta make sure you get that warranty. Um I don't know, yeah, Milwaukee's always been the indestructible one for me. Gun with a Formula One car. <laughs> yeah, I put that on an infomercial. Um, but yeah, so Perez ended up running over the wheel gun, but his car was undamaged, luckily. Uh, I don't know if anything ever came of that, but I wouldn't be surprised if Ferrari got, got fined by the FIA for something like that. Because um, that's just careless and dangerous. Uh, but anyway, uh, moving on. Hamilton and Perez battled each other on lap 36, and Hamilton finally got past on lap 37 into turn one. Uh, Sebastian Vettel came out of the pits a lap down and almost caused Hamilton to lose a position again to Perez. Uh, that whole thing was so weird. Vettel was just kind of so sitting there in their way. <laughs> Vettel's um, like, you know what? I'm going to battle Lewis Hamilton right now. Yeah, just thinking about the good old days. Um but he did actually get a penalty point for ignoring blue flags. Uh, not not the best moment, but I mean, I, I don't think... Just coming out of the pits, like, I, I can imagine there's so much going on in your mind that it's really hard to be aware of where you are on the track and who you're racing and if the people behind you are racing you or if they're lapping you. It's I can't... Yeah, it's probably pretty tough. Yeah. Um, you forget you're driving a tractor. <laughs> yeah. On lap 44, Yuki Tsunoda stopped on the side of the track and uh, said there was something wrong with one of the wheels. He thought one of the wheels was not secured on to the car properly. So he stopped the car, undid his seatbelt, um, but then put his seatbelt back on and continued as the team told him that the car was fine. Uh, he boxed again that lap for more tires and to have his seatbelt put like back on properly and tightened. Um... And then he left the pit lane and then stopped on the side of the track again, which caused a VSC. Um, yeah, I guess there was something really wrong with this car, and um, AlphaTauri just didn't catch it the first time around, but I don't know. Uh, it wasn't really stated what was completely wrong with the car. 
Um, Excellent conspiracy theory fodder. Oh yeah, Twitter blew up. Twitter absolutely blew up. Um, because Verstappen was able to box under the virtual safety car, which helped his race tremendously. It ended up saving him probably about 10 seconds of race time. Um, and so, of course, Twitter and the Red Bull haters are saying that Red Bull called down to AlphaTauri and said, hey, let's have him stop on the side of the track and cause a safety car so Max can have a free pit stop. Uh, <laughs> there's no way. <laughs> Yeah. Not when Red Bull is that far clear in the championship, Max is that far clear in the championship, and they were already on track for, at the very least, a podium. There's literally no no possibility that that happened, because if that did happen, Red Bull and AlphaTauri would be instantly disqualified from the championship, and that would turn into the largest PR nightmare probably in Formula 1 history. <laughs> yeah. Um. So... I guess anything's possible, but the odds of that happening are so staggeringly low. <laughs> yeah, conspiracy theories are fun, but they remain theories. Yep. Um, so on lap 55, Bottas stopped on the side of the track into turn one, which caused a full safety car. Um, so all of the cars were going through the pit lane because the incident and all the tractors and stuff were actually like in the middle of the track into turn one, so they just had the safety car and all the drivers drive through the pit lane uh, to go around it. Um, so that was kind of an interesting thing because it means that the pit stops were even shorter and even more free than they usually would have been. Um, but, I mean, there was a lot of weird strategy stuff that happened <laughs> uh, during that I'm whole... I'm sure that just messed up so many pit strategies. Yeah, and Mercedes was kind of the big... The big notable one, the one that got the most attention at least. Um, Mercedes kept Hamilton out on the track on the old medium tires. Uh, so let's, well, for context first, Max Verstappen's in third place at this point behind Lewis Hamilton in first and George Russell in second. Um, so Mercedes didn't pit Hamilton, but decided to pit George Russell for soft tires. Uh, Verstappen also pit for tires, but I think was able to jump Russell in the pits or something like that. Um, and so Verstappen was able to get up into second place um, with no gap between him and Hamilton in front of him. Uh, with Max on fresh soft tires and Lewis on used mediums. Um, a lot of people had flashbacks to Abu Dhabi. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um but yeah, so when the race ended up restarting, um, on the safety car restart, Max got the perfect jump. I have never seen a driver time something better. Um, they came out of the last corner, and Max was on Hamilton's rear end, <laughs> and where um, he ended up pulling out to the side and basically going wheel to wheel with Hamilton. And when they so you're not allowed to cross, you're not allowed to pass a car on a safety car restart until you reach the finish line. Max was like his front wing was at Lewis's front wheels <laughs> at the finish line, <laughs> and then he just like breezed by him on the rest of the street. Classic. It was it was so perfect. It was it was very impressive. Um, so Verstappen was able to sail past Lewis before they even did any turning. Uh, 
Mercedes, to be fair, is not the fastest car on the straight line this year, and the Red Bull very much is. Um, so I don't think there was anything Lewis could do. Uh, that's why he was so upset at Mercedes for um, pitting Russell and not pitting him. Uh, basically, Mercedes had a couple of options. They could have either not pitted either car or pitted both cars, and those both seemed a little better than pitting just Russell. Yeah, the hard um, part would have been when they're that close together, I think a double stack would have been a bit more hazardous than if they were a bit more spaced apart. Yeah, it would have been tough, uh, even that's by a for sure. Seconds. So I, I could yeah. see that causing some problems, or at least making Russell's pit stop much slower. Yeah, yeah, it was tough. It was definitely a hard situation, but I mean... I don't know. I think Verstappen would have won anyway, just based on how much faster he was than everybody else. Um, so I think all that, if even if Mercedes nailed it, I think it would have just delayed the inevitable. Um, Max Verstappen but, is always going to win this race. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you can tell that Lewis is hungry and really wants to win a race this season. Um He's now, I think, either as of this week or last week, he's on his uh, longest stint without a race or without a race win in his career. Um, it's, yeah, it'd just be really great to see these new young drivers get their first wins uh, during the season, uh, like Hamilton. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it would be it would be cool to see him get back on the podium at least once this season. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I, I want him to win again because he's got this this record going. He's won a race in every single season he's competed in. Uh, so it would kind of be a shame if if this this season ended up being like the black mark on his on his record. <laughs> yeah. Um, because I don't doubt that Mercedes is going to be in title contention next year. I think they're going to sort their stuff out and be right up there at the front again. Um, but we'll see. Uh. But anyway, on lap 64, George Russell passed Lewis Hamilton, um, almost running into the back of him in the process. Uh, straight up, Baku 2017, Max Verstappen and uh, Danny Ricardo style, or 2018, sorry. Um, <laughs> it was pretty. It was like it was so close. Like we're talking millimeters. <laughs> it was. It was. It was really close. Um, and then on lap 66, Leclerc passed Hamilton as uh, Hamilton's tires started to degrade. Um, so the race ended up finishing Verstappen, Russell, Leclerc on the podium. Uh, Verstappen had the fastest lap and also won the driver of the day. Um, so, yeah, very much a Max, Max Verstappen race, which, I mean, it was in the Netherlands, so it's to be expected. And uh, also, he's just got the fastest car, so... <laughs> um, yeah. But he still performed and had another perfect weekend. Um, I mean, even if you have the best car, you still got to perform at a very high level to win a race. Um, yeah. yeah, but even during qualifying, like, we saw it last weekend, and this weekend it was no different, where he would go out and do maybe a few laps, uh, set the fastest time, and then go back into the pits for a while. Yeah. <laughs> yeah no he's he's just got he's he knows that he's won the championship i think and so he's just super relaxed and i think that's just making him even faster yeah um so but as far as the results for this race go 
In first place was Max Verstappen, followed by Russell and Leclerc on the podium. Fourth and fifth were Hamilton and Perez. Sixth through ten was Alonso, Norris, Sainz, Ocon, Stroll. Uh, and then 11 through 15 was Gasly, Albon, Schumacher, Vettel, and Magnussen. And then rounding off the finishers were Joe, Ricardo, and Latifi. And then we had two DNFs, and uh, that was Bottas and Tsunoda, both with mechanical problems. Um, so, yeah, I think uh, what, what, in terms of what we can take away from this race... I think Mercedes is looking just as, if not faster, than Ferrari at this point. Um, it could be track-dependent, track-specific. Uh, honestly, they'll probably be slower next week because Monza's all about top speed. And Mercedes is not the, not the fastest in the straight line, like I said before. Um, but in terms of in the corners and uh, on this tight, tight track like Zandvoort, uh, Mercedes did look to have the edge over Ferrari. Um, but they did also make a little bit of a strategy mistake, um, which doesn't really happen too often. Luckily, this one wasn't, wasn't huge. Um, yeah. but, uh, you don't really see them make, make errors like that in terms of their strategy calls. Um, but, uh, I mean, there was no stopping Max. He just, he had a perfect weekend. He wanted qualifying, um, then won the race and didn't really seem like he had much problem doing it. Um, for Alfa Romeo, they're still having mechanical problems. Uh, that's just kind of been the story of their season. And then um, Ferrari just <laughs> continues to drop the ball. Uh, this time it was Carlos Sainz with the bad luck, the slow pit stop, and then the wheel gun. And then on his second pit stop, too, I forgot to say... Uh, he was released into the path of Fernando Alonso, so he got an unsafe release and a five-second oh, yeah. penalty, which dropped him from, I think, what well, would have been fifth? I think he was in fifth, yeah. Ish, yeah. Uh, dropped him from fifth-ish to eighth at the end. Barely above Alcon. Yeah. It was close. Like, he almost didn't score points. Like, I thought he wasn't going to score points because most <laughs> of the cars behind him were, were, were within five seconds, but I think he was just barely able to pull out in front of Akon and Stroll in terms of that five-second gap by the end. But it was close. He almost did not score points, and that would have been tragic. Could you imagine um, if Stroll, Stroll scored points this weekend and Sainz didn't? <laughs> yeah, that would have been wild. Um, but... I did predict last week that Carlos Sainz would end up in a gravel trap, and that did not happen. So I will eat my words graciously. <laughs> um, so championship standings, as of right now, Max Verstappen has a 109-point lead to Leclerc and Perez, uh, who are now tied at 201 points. Um, but Leclerc still has a chance, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, mathematically, yes. Um, and then also last week, I did say that Red Bull has won the Pit Stop Championship. I'm jumping a little bit ahead here, but that was incorrect. They actually haven't. I was basing that on them having one car. <laughs> so they <laughs> haven't quite won the Pit Stop Championship yet, uh, but they're getting there. <laughs> um, but before we get into that, uh, Championship, I mean, we just kind of talked about it. Leclerc took second place back from Perez because uh, Leclerc has more wins even though they're tied. Um, 
And then Mercedes is now only 30 points behind Ferrari. Uh, with George Russell in fourth. And Lewis in sixth with Carlos Sainz in the middle. Um, yeah, it's going to start heating up between Mercedes and Ferrari here pretty quickly, I think. Um, but we'll see. Um, so now Pit Stop Championship. Um, Pierre Gasly had the shortest time from pit entry to pit exit. Uh, I don't think he had the fastest pit stop in terms of in the pit box time, though. I think that was no, Perez. That was, yeah, that was Red Bull for Perez. Because Perez, I, I think they hit the first 2.0 I've seen this season. Yeah, I think they actually got the uh, the fastest pit stop of the season recorded. I think so. It was like it was two seconds dead. Um, I don't know why his pit entry to pit exit time was different. I can't. I mean, that's how we've been measuring this the whole season, so I can't really change how we measure it now, for fairness. But um, yeah, so Red Bull definitely had a lightning fast pit stop this week. But in terms of pit entry to pit exit, Pierre Gasly had the fastest time, so he gets the top spot this week. Uh, and then followed by Sebastian Vettel in second place. And uh, Sergio Perez, very close behind in third. Um, so AlphaTauri with a really good week. Because uh, Sonoda was in fourth. So yeah, AlphaTauri had a fantastic wow. week for pit stops. Um, yeah, they didn't have a fantastic week for racing. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, and then Sebastian Vettel, yeah. Aston Martin had a good one too. Because uh, Lance was in... Is that sixth, something like that? Seventh, seventh, yeah. Yeah, seventh. I can count. I can't, but that's why you're here, Ben. <laughs> um, so championship standings. Uh, Perez still very much in front with Verstappen very much in second place. Uh, Pierre Gasly moves up to third place, passing Sebastian Vettel in the Aston Martin. Uh, they came out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah. Um, Ferraris are starting to drop back in the pack a little bit. Um, and the constructors, it's very, it's a uh, Red Bull ahead by two hundred and twenty points, <laughs> uh, followed by AlphaTauri in second place, and uh, they actually have a pretty nice little lead to Ferrari in third. We've got what is that, thirty three, thirty three points? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yep. Um, so AlphaTauri is killing it this year. Both Red Bull teams, I guess, are the pit stop kings. I guess that makes sense. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's the pit stop championship. Let's move on to my favorite part of the episode. Uh, our terrible predictions. Uh. Dutch Grand Prix. Um, top five were versus. <laughs> okay. Uh, top five were Verstappen, Russell, Leclerc, Hamilton, and Perez. What did you say, Ben? I did get Verstappen in first, uh, mm -hmm. incredibly. Uh, Perez did score points. Russell also did score points. Claire was on podium. Uh, Alonso got sixth, right? Yes. Yeah, yes. Yes. And then Sainz got eighth, but I haven't had my dark horse, uh, so that is unfortunate for me. Yeah. You did slightly better. You did way better, actually. Yeah, I actually got the whole top five correct. They were just out of the order. Whole top six. Oh yeah, top you six. Alonso for dark horse. Dark horse. Yeah, I'm gonna take that then. <laughs> no, I'm not. Um, but Verstappen, 
Uh, I think we should do, if we get top five all correct and then Dark Horse is sixth, I think we'll count that. But, um, <laughs> yeah, Alonzo didn't quite make top five. Um, so I also had Verstappen winning, so I got that correct. And then I had Leclerc, followed by Perez, Russell, and Hamilton. Um, so, yeah, I did get all the drivers in the top five correct. I just got the order a little bit mixed up. Uh, the fastest lap of this race went to Max Verstappen. What did you say? Okay. Like a fool, I said Perez. Well, to be fair, last week you only said Perez because I said Verstappen. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, well, you, you, you said, yeah, we both wanted to say Verstappen, but you said Perez for the sake of being different. Um, so I'll give that one to you in spirit. Okay. Uh, <laughs> driver of the day was also Max Verstappen. What did you say? I said Russell. And in my defense, hold on, he did do quite well this race. He did. He had a very, very good race. Very impressive to watch. He started, um, what, 6th? 5th? I think he started 6th. Something and like that. And came 2nd? Came 2nd, passing Leclerc, Hamilton, and Perez, I think, on track. Yes. Which, I mean, those are no slouches, obviously. Um, so, yeah, I said Fernando Alonso, who also had a good race. Um, but I almost think he's so consistently having good races that it's just kind of flying unnoticed now. <laughs> yeah, although he did get knocked out in Q2. So that the fact that he got up to 6th from uh, Q2 start, pretty good. Yeah, very good. Um, all right, so moving on to our predictions for the Italian Grand Prix at Monza next week. Let's let's see. I think you did your predictions first last week. Yep. or We, we kind of went back and forth, but I'll go first. Um, I'm going to say... I mean, Red Bull. Just say Verstappen. Verstappen Perez one two. <laughs> um, I didn't want to say it, but that's what I think is gonna happen. Verstappen Perez followed by Leclerc and Hamilton, and then Science is fifth with uh, Russell. No, I can't do that because Russell hasn't finished out the top five. Uh, he's got to keep his streak going. So we'll go Verstappen Perez. Leclerc, Russell, and then signs with Hamilton as my dark horse. Oh man. Uh okay. Um yeah, it's, it's gonna be for stopping for as one too. But I'm gonna say Hmm. Man, I really wanna say Ferrari gets a podium, but I just lost so I'll say mm, I'll say science third. Okay. Uh, fourth, I'll put Hamilton. Fifth, Leclerc. And my dark horse will be... I'll put Alonzo again as my dark horse. Okay. Sounds good. Uh, fastest lap, um, I'm going to save Verstappen. Didn't, no pressure to not save Verstappen, by the way. <laughs> I'm going to save Verstappen. Yeah, I, I want to win. Yeah. I want to do well. Okay. I want to be right. Let's let's be right one week. It's, it's so easy. Uh, driver of the day. This one could go a lot of ways, actually. It's I'm Italy. gonna give it. I'm gonna. I'm gonna say Lando Norris. What? I'm gonna throw that out there because Lando loves Monza and he is the only performing McLaren right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, That'll be my one that uh, I throw out there. I'm gonna throw out Mick Schumacher. Okay. 
All right, both both with kind of a stretch, but we'll see. One a um, bit more of a stretch than the other, but yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, we'll see. But that kind of uh, sums up this episode. Um, do you have any words of wisdom for the people before uh, get uh, get to the outro here, Ben? Words of wisdom. Um, yeah, make sure you're eating enough. Uh, I think a lot of people get so focused on not eating too much, but you know, if, if you're in a bulk, uh, or you know, you're trying to put on weight for some reason, or you're just trying to you know be active, make sure you're eating enough to to keep those calories up and make sure you're being healthy about the amount of activity you're getting. Nice, awesome. Well, uh, with all of that being said. Thank you, everybody, so much for listening to this episode of Rev Hang. If you enjoyed it, leave a like or rating on the platform you listened on. It really helps us out. If you'd like to follow our thoughts and opinions on the motorsport world, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Rev Hang Media. If you have any thoughts or questions about racing or even about us, post a tweet at hashtag Rev Hang Podcast. We may feature your question on the next show. Uh, you can also post a tweet at hashtag Rev Hang Podcast or just uh, DM me on Twitter with your suggestion for Zoomer Rumors. Um, please, again, we, we don't like it. Uh, but that's what it's going to stay <laughs> for now. Um, <laughs> uh, we, we would just love to interact with you guys, so feel free to reach out. Uh, you can follow Ben on Instagram at BenjiMeetsWorld and or myself at 2N underscore squared. While you're at it, go check out our website, RevHang.com, where you can find a calendar of upcoming races, updated standings for the racing series we talk about, along with our often severely incorrect predictions for the F1 season. We'll return in a week to talk about the Italian Grand Prix at Monza, but until then, I have been Nathan. And I've been Ben. Thanks for hanging out, guys. See y'all later.